0: Well, good morning, everybody. All right. Just want to say greetings to those of you who are watching in our campuses today as well, in in Waterbury, in Derby, in New Milford. Uh, For all of you who are online, greetings to you as well. Uh, For those of you who might be new in one of our campuses or here at Bethel or online, my name is Brian, and I'm one of the lead pastors alongside Craig and Adam. And it's great to uh, start this new school year. When we start our school years, we start a new theme year here at the church at Walnut Hill and this year we're so excited that we are going to be focusing on Jesus. Now hopefully we have been for a long time. <laughs> we have been since the beginning of this church. We've been that that is our focus, Jesus Christ. But we wanted this year to particularly be a year where we asked the Lord to reveal himself in new ways to us. We'd ask the Lord to come and, and break through in our lives that we would have a deeper walk with Jesus. Uh, My prayer for each and every one of us, wherever we are, you might be watching from another part of the country or the world, my prayer for all of us is that we would come to know a deeper walk with Jesus. You know, I'm a creature of habit. My girls always laugh at me because they could tell you what I'm going to order depending on the restaurant that I'm at. And I think in our spiritual walks, oftentimes we become creatures of habit. I want to challenge each and every one of us this year maybe to go down a different path. (laughs) Try a little bit of a different meal. Ask the Lord, Lord, what is it that you want to reveal to me that I've never seen before? I've never experienced. Lord, would you open up to me a different aspect of your love and your grace? A different level of your power in my life? Lord, if I'm prone to be more of a thinker, would you work on my heart? Lord, if I'm more prone to be a feeler, would you bring revelation to my mind this year about who you are? I want to encourage you to go down a different path in order to see who this Jesus is. He's calling us to meet with him this year to have a deeper walk with him. As I was studying for this message today, I found this great story of a missionary, his name is David Livingstone, or was, he was uh, alive in the mid-1800s, an Englishman who went to South Africa as a missionary. And he was in a remote part of South Africa at the time that had no roads to get to him. And he was ministering the gospel of Jesus Christ there. Some of his friends back home wrote to him at one point and they said, hey, David, are there any roads to get to you? Because there are people here who want to help you in your effort. And I love how David wrote back several weeks later. He said, hey, listen, if if you have people that need a road to get to me, don't send them. If you've got people who will get to me, even if there's no road at all, send them. I want the ones who are gonna forge their way through the forest in order to find me. I want the ones who are so committed to the gospel of Jesus that they don't require a paved road. Friends, can I just say, I think you know, one of our obstacles here in America is that sometimes it's just too easy for us. We can become too comfortable. We don't experience persecution on a daily basis. And so we can become apathetic in our faith and just kind of wander about. Well, listen, let's stop looking for paved roads. Let's begin to forge new ones. Forge new ones. Let's have such a commitment and passion to meet with Jesus that we're willing to go through the thickets. That we're willing to get some cuts along the way. We're willing to step out in radical obedience so much that we're going to go down paths we've never been on before, where actually there's not a path there yet because we've never been down that road. Maybe for you, you need to go down that path of prayer. You've never done it before. You've talked about it, but you need to commit and dedicate to meeting with the Lord every single day saying, Lord Jesus, I'm going to forge this path this year so I can meet with you. Maybe you've never really depended on the power of Jesus Christ. And this year you need to say, you know what, Lord? I don't understand it in my mind, but help me make that journey from my mind to my heart where I, I truly believe, Jesus, that you can relieve me and, 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 and move in my life and, and cause breakthrough in my life. Help me forge this path to find you in this way, Jesus. You see, friends, as I was thinking about this year, I saw people forging the path of forgiveness for the first time. I saw people forging a path of prayer for the first time. I saw people forging the, the path of, of trust in Jesus for the first time. I saw people forging a path of radical obedience. And I'm talking about radical obedience. That Jesus this year, if you lean in and you listen to him, he might call you to things you never thought or imagined. He might call you away from things you thought that would never be possible. And he might call you into things. That would just shock you. Are we willing to forge new paths this year? Willing to meet Jesus in new ways? That he might reveal his greatness, his majesty, and his glory in and through us. You know where it all starts? It all starts with a commitment, and more than that, a covenant with Jesus. That's what today is all about. Jesus, we want to covenant with you. That's us saying, you know what, Jesus, no matter what, we're with you. This is what we do when we go through a marriage ceremony. We, we say to one another, as I said to Becca 19 years ago, just a few weeks ago, I covenant with you. No matter what, we are in this together. We are going to uh, pursue Jesus together. We are going to love one another together. No matter what, we are covenanted together. Not just committed, covenanted together. And this is where it all begins in a walk with Jesus as we covenant with him. I want to tell you the story of Matthew chapter 17. This year we're going to be in the book of Matthew. You might think, Brian, shouldn't we start in Matthew chapter 1? We'll get there. I want to start in Matthew chapter 17. Why? Because I think this story reveals who Jesus is in a powerful way. And I think in this story, we we receive five challenges that I'm going to share with you in just a little bit about how we should walk with Jesus. And I want to share those five challenges with you in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you the story that's found in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 17. I want to encourage you throughout this year to bring Scripture with you, okay? That might be a physical copy of the book. uh, That might be on your phone, an iPad. Bring your computer if you need to do that. I don't care. We'll set you up with some power. We'll make it happen. Like, bring the word of God with you so that we can get into it together. So we're in Matthew chapter 17. This is the story that's called the transfiguration of Jesus Christ, okay? Let me tell you the story. The story starts by saying six days later. What happened six days later? earlier 6 days earlier Jesus is walking with his disciples in Caesarea Philippi and he's talking with them and he begins to ask them questions and the first question he asks is this who do others say that I am and the disciples are thinking about it, and they're like ah oh, well we we know that we've been around a lot of people we can tell you Jesus what other people think of him i love the list they give because i think they left some out i wonder if the disciples were thinking to themselves we won't tell them the bad ones We'll just give them the good ones. Because this is what they say. Oh, some people say you're a prophet, Jesus. Some people even say you're a great prophet like Elijah. Others people say that you're a priest. And then Jesus turns them and says, okay, listen, but who do you say that I am? I'm I'm not that concerned right now about them. Who do you say that I am? And this is actually a question the Lord is asking every person on this planet. Who do you say this son of mine is? Is he a great teacher or is he the son of God? And as Christ followers, we say he's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He's God who came as one of us. This is what we call the incarnation. This is who you are. So this is what happened six days earlier. And now six days later, Jesus is talking with them. Actually, still six days earlier. Let's go back to six days earlier. Jesus is still talking with them. And he says, okay, listen, uh, Jesus, he's like, who do you say I am? And and Peter gives the correct answer, right? He says, you're the Messiah, the son of the living God. He gets it right. And then Jesus, he he pulls them aside and says, listen, this is what's going to happen. You're right. I am the Messiah. This is what's going to happen. I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified, But three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. I think the disciples didn't hear that part of the message because they were so focused on the fact that Jesus was going to die. They couldn't even believe this. This didn't fit in the paradigm and their understanding of who this Messiah would be. And so Peter says this, never, never, Jesus, is this going to happen. Hey, listen, let's just make a commitment. This isn't one of the five, but let's just make a commitment this year that we never say never to Jesus. All right it's going to bite you. Never. This can't be. You can't die. You're the Messiah. So now, six days later, it says that Jesus took three of them, Peter, James, and John, up a high mountain alone. I love this. He takes them up a high mountain alone. You know, whenever the Lord brings people up on mountains in Scripture, it's for revelation and breakthrough. Do a study on the high mountains. I think of Mount Ararat. This is where Noah's ship came in and rested as he waited for the waters to recede. I think of Mount Moriah. This is where Abraham brought Isaac to be sacrificed. And God met him there and said, No, 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 you don't have to do that. And he provided a different lamb. And God was faithful and blessed him in that spot. I think of Mount Sinai. This is where God took Moses up on top of the mountain. And and a cloud of, of God's presence came around him and he revealed his glory to Moses. And then he gave him the Ten Commandments and sent him back down. I think of Mount Nebo, where God brought Moses on top of this high mountain in order to show him the promised land. I think of Mount Carmel. Oh, it's a great story on Mount Carmel. This is where the prophet Elijah calls down God on the altar in order to destroy what the the prophets of Baal were up to and to prove that the one true God of Israel was the one true God. Amazing story. God brought breakthrough in that moment. I think of the Mount of Beatitudes where Jesus came and and he, he taught his people about this new kingdom and how to live in this new kingdom. I think about Mount Calvary, how Jesus went to the cross and he died for our sins. I think of the Mount of Olives, how Jesus prayed before his death. But then after his death, and resurrection, he would come, and from the Mount of Olives, he would ascend into heaven. And I think of this mountain, Mount Tabor. Mount Tabor, where Jesus decides, hey, listen, you you don't think I'm going to die and rise from the dead? This is causing doubt within you of who I am? Well, come with me. I'm going to take you up a high mountain alone so that I can reveal some things to you. Listen, friends, I'm praying for each and every one of us this year that we'd go up some high mountains, that we'd go up some high mountains with Jesus and and breakthrough would come and revelation would come. You know what I would say? One mountain is Sunday morning. Why don't we treat every Sunday morning like a high mountain? Why don't you, as you get up in the morning on Sunday morning, put on your hiking boots and pretend the Lord's going to bring me up on a high mountain because he's going to reveal something to me. He's going to bring breakthrough into my life. I've got to get to the high mountain. I've got to get to Waterbury so I can see and hear what God is going to do. I've got to get to Derby because I know God's going to meet us there. I've got to get into that new Milford campus because, man, I know when we gather, God's going to bring us up on that high mountain. I've got to get to Bethel. I've got to get there because God's going to do something special in our life. It's a high mountain. And I love how the Lord, he brings them alone. He says, let me pull you out of the commotion Let me pull you out of the distractions. I know you're easily distracted. Let me bring you up here alone. And I'm praying, friends, for you in your alone time with the Lord and with Jesus, that that he removes you from the commotion of life, from the confusion of life. And he brings clarity, and he opens our hearts. I pray that in, in each time out of obedience as we go and we meet with Jesus, that it would be like a, a, a clearing of a path to meet with him. That's what I pray. And so he brought them up a high mountain alone. And there he was transfigured, transformed. He was shining brighter than the sun, brighter than any. any star. Imagine this, being one of the three who were chosen, Peter, James, and John, and and your eyes are looking upon Jesus as he transforms. Uh, We get the word out of the Greek. uh, In in the English, we get the word metamorphosis, where he completely changed as if it were a caterpillar going to a butterfly. Imagine seeing what they saw. In fact, it was an unforgettable moment for them. In John's gospel chapter one, he talks about it. Well, we saw the glory of the Lord on that high mountain. In 2 Peter chapter 1, he talks about it too. And he says, listen, we're not fabricating a story here. We saw it with our own eyes as we went on that high mountain and God revealed himself to us. They became eyewitnesses of the glory of God. And then... Moses and Elijah appear with Jesus, and they begin to talk to one another. Now, Peter, James, and John are getting pretty excited about this. I mean, this was amazing. These were their heroes of the faith. Moses representing the law that was given and the deliverance out of Egypt, and Elijah, the great prophet who God spoke through so many times. This was an amazing thing that they were speaking, but it was was much more than that for them. Because the Jewish people at the time, they they knew these stories of Moses and Elijah really well. And they knew that Moses was buried by God. And they knew that Elijah was taken into heaven before he died. And so they believed that the dawning of a new kingdom and the evidence of the Messiah would be that they would see Moses and Elijah again. And so now here they are on this high mountain and they're looking at this and they're seeing Jesus and they're seeing Moses and they're seeing Elijah and now they're thinking, the new day has come. A new day has come. The new kingdom is being ushered in right now. And this is why Peter's so excited, right? He's so excited. He's, oh, I got to do something. I got to build something right now, right? It's so typical of of men, right? I got to build something, make something happen right now. Like, what are we going to do? He couldn't just like bask in in the glory of it. He's like, hey, listen, Elijah, Moses, uh, Jesus, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build structures so we can all kind of hang out together. It's kind of like, oh, look, all the kids came home for Christmas. Stay here. Stay here forever. Never leave, right? And he's trying to do this. And Jesus is like, no, 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 Listen. I've only revealed about 50% of it here, okay? Hold on. There's so much more for you to understand in this moment. And all of a sudden, a great cloud, it says, overshadows them. Overshadows them. Imagine right now, and wherever you're worshiping or listening to this, a great cloud overshadowing us. It's almost like he, he blinds them in one sense to what they were trying to do. No, 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 you can't build anything right now because you'll stub your thumbs. You won't, you can't, no, it's not happening. This is what's going to happen. This great cloud comes. And I got to think at this moment, the disciples are remembering how as the Israelites were delivered out of Egypt, they followed the Lord by day through a cloud and by night through fire. I wonder if they remembered Moses, who they just saw with Jesus when he went up to Mount Sinai. He also was overwhelmed by a great cloud. I wonder if they remembered that when the tabernacle was built and as they traveled through the wilderness, there was a mercy seat in the tabernacle and then later on in the temple. And on the mercy seat, there was a cloud that would hover there. And what did it mean? It meant that the presence of God was with them. This was the Lord saying, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm right here with you. They didn't even need to hear the voice of God to know God was right there. But God did speak. And God said, This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. Does this sound familiar? Jesus' baptism when he comes out of the water, the Lord speaks this over him very close to this. This is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. Listen to him. This is my dearly loved son. I love what the Lord is doing here. He's singling out Jesus. Moses, Elijah, Jesus. And the Lord says, this is my dearly loved son. I'm gonna single him out. I love how the Lord doesn't call like Cain and King Ahab right? Two kind of terrible people and then say, yes, Jesus is the one. The disciples would have been like, well, of course we'll pick Jesus over these guys. No, he brings out Moses and Elijah and says, hey, 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 focus on Jesus. (laughs) These people, amazing men of God who I used in incredible ways, but this is my dearly loved son. It's kind of like the Lord doing, you know, in those, like, political commercials where at the end they, they say, you know, I endorse this message. <laughs> it's kind of like saying, look, this is the one that I endorse. He's the one who brings me great joy. And so this is the Lord saying, what he's done and what he has said brings me pleasure. You want to know what brings the Lord joy? Look what, how Jesus has acted, what he's done, and what he's taught That's what brings the Lord great joy. And then I love this, how how he says, listen to him. Listen to him. I'm sure in, in that world at that time, there were many voices to listen to. Many different pressures, many different people and power, many different streams of communication, many different family members, many different pressures Many different people acting different ways. I'm sure there are a lot of different pressures, lots of different communication coming at the people. And, And the Lord is saying, here, this is the one you need to listen to. This is the one who brings truth about who I am as God and about who you are as his people. Listen to him. Friends, I don't know if you know this or not, but we are currently in an identity crisis in our world right now. So where do we discover who God is and who we are? Listen to him. Listen to Jesus. He's the one who teaches us who we are as the children of God. Don't listen to yourself. Listen to him. He's the one who directs us in the ways to go. Listen to him. In our culture that's so self-focused, this is going to be a year for us as Wallen Hill Community Church to break that bond And say, no, 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 no. We're bonding to Christ Jesus. And I'm gonna believe what he says about me, about who God is, and about our worlds. This is where we're receiving our truth. This is where we're following him. Now, the disciples, they were terrified. And let's not give them a hard time about this. (laughs) They had just seen the glory of the Lord. (laughs) They had just seen Jesus transformed and transfigured. This isn't a time, you know, when they come down the mountain and, and all the disciples later on are talking, oh, did you hear Peter, James, and John? They were like crying face down on the floor, babies, <laughs> right? No, 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 no. They, they were terrified. They, they were in the presence of God. They had seen something they had never seen before. And so I think rightly, they hit the ground and they bow before the Lord. But then notice what happens. Jesus himself comes to them and touches them and they look up. Then this is what Jesus does. He comes to to us. He didn't have to. He could have said from his location, hey, get up, present yourself to the Lord. he goes to them much like that that father who goes to his prodigal son and meets him midway gets there and he, he he lays his hands on him he touches them and it's the touch of Jesus that causes these three disciples to look up to look up i'm praying for the touch of Jesus this year on our lives that he might find you in your fear that he might find you in your anxiety that he might find you in your depression That he might find you in your struggle, that he might find you in your addiction, that he might find you in that habit that you just haven't been able to break yet, and that he would come to you, this is what his desire is, to come to you, he would touch you, and it would cause you to look up. Look up to him. And I love this part of the story. It says, when they looked up, they only saw Jesus. Now, I don't know if Moses and Elijah were still there. We don't know that. It doesn't say. I like to think they were. <laughs> Just because they were still there, these heroes of faith. But once Jesus touched them, they only had eyes for Jesus. They only saw Jesus. And I pray that this would be the kind of year that we would have. That in whatever we're facing, whatever relationship that we're, we're in, whatever work problem we're, we're encountering, Uh, Whatever hang up we have is that the Lord would touch us, that when we'd look up, we'd only see Jesus. We'd be directed by him. We'd be healed by him. We'd be restored by him. We'd be challenged by him. We'd lock eyes with Jesus. Let me share five challenges with us and really five commitments that I want to make with us. And I'll share these quickly. The first is this, is is I want to say as a church together, we will follow Jesus. Jesus, we're making a commitment, a covenant with you today that we're going to follow you. I love that picture of the disciples just following Jesus up the mountain. Think about the story before that. It's not included, but I imagine Jesus going to them maybe in the morning saying, hey, you three, come with me. And they're like, okay. <laughs> that's what we do. Like, we're going after him. Why are we doing that? Well, because we saw the waters parted, because we saw thousands of people fed, uh, because we've gotten teaching that's just been revelatory to us. If Jesus says it, I'm going. And so friends, I want this to be a year of radical obedience to Jesus, I'm challenging all of us to listen to Jesus and when he speaks, say yes. If you need some help in that, there's a book out there that I can recommend to you on the idea of saying yes. Say yes. See what the Lord will do. Jesus, we commit to follow you. To follow you. Follow you down those paths maybe we've never charted before. Follow you maybe into a new season of life Follow you into a new call, follow you into uh, forgiveness, which might be really tough. We're going to follow you no matter what. Second commitment we're going to seek you, Jesus. We're going to seek you. You know, when I, when I think of these disciples going up the mountain and then coming back down, they had a brand new idea of who Jesus was on the way down, didn't they? I'm praying that after this year, when we come down this mountain and and climb a, a new mountain, that we'd come down with a whole new revelation of who Jesus is. That we would seek him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, with all of our soul. And that we would be open to hearing him and having him reveal himself to us in a new way. The third commitment. Jesus, we're gonna listen to you. We will listen to you. I want to challenge you to commit to the voice of Jesus this year. Commit to the teachings of Jesus this year. I want us to covenant with what Jesus is telling us and saying to us. And I want us to, in this moment, say, Jesus, your voice is going to drown out all the others. Your voice, Jesus, is going to drown out all the others. Lord, help me look up and only see Jesus. Maybe for you, you you've never really you know, heard from the Lord, or that's a new concept for you. I wanna encourage you and challenge you, and we're gonna do some teaching along the way on how to hear from God right in real time, how to hear from Jesus. I wanna encourage you in those quiet times each morning to listen to him, listen to him, and be ready to radically obey. Fourth, challenge or commitment is that we are going to receive from Jesus. Jesus, we want this to be a year where we receive from you. You As I was putting this message together and just meditating on this passage, I just saw Jesus going and touching you. All who asked, just coming and and just touching, touching and and causing people to, to look up and see him I saw Jesus just releasing us from our fears, releasing us from our anxiety, releasing us from isolation and feeling isolated, releasing us from our hurts, our past hurts, releasing us. And maybe for you, you, you've never released that control to say, Lord, I'm going to stop trying to answer this on my own. I need you to touch me. I need your power in my life. Finally, we're gonna worship Jesus. We're gonna worship you, Jesus. Here's my challenge to each and every one of us. I wanna challenge each, each person, every person who's listening to this, when, when you come into worship, to worship as if Jesus were in the room. Because he is. <laughs> because he is. I'm challenging myself, man what does it look like to to gather together knowing Jesus is in our midst? Wholeheartedly praising him. Now, listen, I'm not saying that means a particular posture, but for some of you, it might be hands raised. For others of you, it might be bowing down before him. For others of you, it might be using your voice. You've never used it before. And singing his praises. For others of you who, who sing out loud, Sometimes you might just need to come and allow the Lord to minister to your heart in silence. But what does it look like for us to come and just unashamedly come before the Lord and say, "We're here to worship you, Jesus, and we know you're here." What would you ask if you knew Jesus was standing right here? What would you say if you knew Jesus were standing right here? What would you do if you knew Jesus was standing right here? he is he's in our presence through the power of his spirit and so i want to challenge our worship to change this year that we might take steps into the holy of holies like we never have before and so how does this happen spend time with jesus in your in your first 20 meet with him every day meet with jesus every day maybe you've, you've given up on that i want to I call you back to that meet with him every day Get together with other people. Get in a small group. Could be a men's group, could be a women's group, could be a community group. It could be a crew of three to five people that you intentionally walk with. Don't travel through your spiritual life alone. Get together. Talk about the things of God. Pray for one another. Powerfully do that. Serve. Engage in the life of the church. God is doing something through his local church. Get involved. So often it's when we serve alongside one another that we get to see God move in powerful ways. And friends, engage in your faith this year and seek Jesus with all of your heart. Hey, I pray that after this year, we will never be the same again. I pray that we would take our walk with Jesus very seriously this year. I think we have. I think we have. But there's gotta be more, right? There's gotta be even more. And maybe this is a time of rededication to meeting with Jesus every single day. A rededication to following him no matter what he calls us to. A rededication to going down paths he's calling us down maybe that we've never charted before so that we can have a deeper and new revelation of who he is. And so I pray that you're hungry right now. (laughs) I pray that you're starving right now, for more of Jesus in your life, and that together we would go on this journey of discovering him more, encountering him, and experiencing him in our life, and being challenged and transformed. Uh, and I pray all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. I want to invite our um, worship team back forward, and our dance team's going to come in a moment and just lead us in a time of worship now. But let me, uh, let me pray for us as we prepare for that. Lord, I, I love that song that we sang, Jesus Over Everything. And right now, Lord, we just want to take a, a moment of confession. Lord Jesus, if you have not been over everything in our life, Lord, I pray that you would point that out. And even right now, we would name that. Lord Jesus, we dedicate our children to you. Lord Jesus, we dedicate our relationships to you. Lord Jesus, we dedicate our work to you. We dedicate our lives of service to you. Lord Jesus, we dedicate our finances to you. Lord Jesus, we dedicate our time to you. Lord Jesus, we dedicate our minds to you, our hearts to you, Jesus over everything. Lord, help us walk into a deeper surrender to you that leads to a greater freedom in you. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are, that you desire to meet with us, that you desire that we would know you, and walk with you. So Lord, we just pray for all of this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.